Hey everybody and welcome to the Meathead and Dumbbell Show on Round Guy Radio. I'm your host Scotty Melvin. We are brought to you by Brickhouse Barbell, which is where we are doing this podcast from today. We are brought to you by UPA events, including UPA powerlifting, UPA bodybuilding, and Nutrisport on Edgewood, our, uh, our, our good friends up in Cedar Rapids, where we were last weekend with Ferocious uh, Ferocity. And today we've got another special guest for you. We've got Dan Cooley from Muscatine, uh, an experienced coach and NPC bodybuilder. And we're going to chat some training, some nutrition, some, some history of, a, of what I consider a, a local top competitor. In fact, I call you Big Dan Cooley. I don't know if you have a nickname, but that's mine for you. I don't think I've been given one yet. <laughs> All right. So we're here with our co-host, of course, Mr. Greg Wirtz. Say hello. Hey, guys. Girls. And as I said before, Dan Cooley. And, you know, today we're going to let Greg do uh, a lot of the, the asking of the questions because he's an experienced competitor himself. I'm just a fledgling, and I, I do men's physique, and it's not even the same world. So we're just going to get right into it. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to you to start with, Greg. All right, so I met Dan, I think, what, 2018 or 2019? I'd say At the not. Mighty Muscle on the Mississippi, our sponsor, UPA Events, sponsors that show. And you won the overall that show, right? Yep. So he won the heavyweight? Heavyweight division. Heavyweight division and overall. So we'll talk more about your bodybuilding competitive history in a minute. But first off, let everybody know kind of what got you into the sport, what attracted to you, what age you were, you know, just the basics. So a lot of people have a lot of inspiration for why they get into bodybuilding, whether it's, um, I know you guys have some comic book history that, that right. kind of steered you that direction. Um, for me, it was more about my self-consciousness. Um, when I was younger, I was into sports and quite athletic. I played basketball a lot, and so I did that. Um, after high school, I got a job and kind of I didn't pay any attention to my diet nutrition my exercise I didn't pay attention to any of that well for whatever reason all I can remember as far as what kind of got me into this thing is is that I was looking through some pictures that had gotten taken and I was laying on the couch and here I am I'm only like 21 22 years old and I got this fat gut just hanging out there and I just looked horrible I was just I was appalled at myself I'm like I cannot believe that's what I look like and so I'm like, okay, I got to do something about this. So I, I had one of those old ab loungers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at the time, I was living in an apartment building. So I set that up in, in a room. And as far as all I knew, I'm like, okay, I want to get a six-pack because I know that's, a, that's the status of right. athletic ability. And so I set that ab lounger up in the, in the spare bedroom of that apartment and started doing crunches or how, whatever you want to call those things. And obviously, that wasn't working. Right. And, um, that kind of led over to my dad had a – a total gym the old chuck norris trainer right 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 so i was like okay that's get what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get i'm gonna get myself buff on with doing this total total gym and so i was doing that for a while wasn't really doing anything and so i'm like okay i'm gonna play with the big boys and i'm gonna go to the ymca so <laughs> you went for some real equipment i went for some real equipment right um i didn't have a clue about what i was doing i didn't know how to do the lifts i didn't know anything about diet in fact when i finally uh, started asking some people. I remember the big guys in the gym. They would, I I kind of try to make conversation with them, and they'd be like, "So, well, when what year was this? Just not to interrupt you. Just oh, out of curiosity. I'm gonna say it's somewhere around 2006. So the internet was around, but it still wasn't as what it 
no, what it not, is today it, as far as information that you're No, I mean all I all I had for information was I had the muscle and fitness magazines. Right. I felt I feel like I had every issue. Back uh, then, even back then, you still had to talk to experienced people at the gym. You had to make well, friendships yeah. and learn from them. Right? Yeah, and of course, I tried to copy the the muscle and fitness right. fitness regimens of of the pros, and it was three or four sets of this for ten times, and that's all you need to do, and you're going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, right. it wasn't working for me. Right. So, at that time, you know, I'm trying to learn from the other guys in the gym that it obviously looked like they'd been in there for a while. So. All they told me was, well, you want to get big, which I didn't want to get, like, massively huge at that time. But I wanted to put on some muscle because I was I was probably, even though I looked terrible in the photo, like I told you, yeah. I was probably only, like, 145 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. And so they used to say, well, you want to get big, you got to eat big. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. Yeah, that's Taco easy. Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. I, I, I'll slam it all down. Permanent so, dirty bolt. So, exactly. That's what I was doing. And so obviously the results I was looking for, that's not what I was getting. And so I waste, I feel like I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time just not paying attention to the diet. I'd go in there and I did. I learned how to do a lot of the lifts. Not all of them perfectly well, but enough to, to where I would... I was getting stronger, but I wasn't actually looking like I worked out by any means. Right. And then, so I did that for a good couple of years. I wasted a lot of time. So yeah. what age were you at this point when you <clears throat> oh, were done wasting time and moving on? I want to say probably around 25, 26. So you didn't really start until... No, I started a lot later. Right. Than what, than what most bodybuilders right. get started. Yeah. Um. And then I remember I was taking, we had taken a vacation, a uh, family vacation with, and uh, I had decided that I needed to do something because obviously what I was doing wasn't working and I had never talked to a coach or anything like that. But I did know a guy from where I worked who, who did coaching in the, in the local area. So I messaged him and I said, hey, I said, do you think you can help me? And, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll give you just a, a baseline diet to, to show you how you should eat. And do that for a, for a good six eight weeks see what happens and he's like just make sure that you're giving you're giving it your all don't be messing around cheating on your diet and yep. he's like make sure you're training <clears throat> regularly and so my my problem is and, and we could get into this but i think what really started me becoming the bodybuilder that i am is because i have a really terrible obsessive personality mm -hmm. where i find something that i feel like i need to do or i want to do and I go all in. Yeah. And that, my, it consumes everything that I'm doing. Yeah. I think most bodybuilders have that. And I think, you, I think you almost have to yeah, if you're yeah. going to be successful at anything. It's a good quality, yeah. really, for this. And it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Yeah. I was actually talking to my wife about that. Yeah. The, the good and the bad about having an obsessive well, personality. Well, the thing about bodybuilding, unlike any other sport out there, you got to live it 24-7. You do. If you want to be competitive and be it's successful. It's not something that you can do throughout the week and then take yeah. off on the weekends. It's not something you can do during the day and then at night. Not to say that you can't live the lifestyle and get good no, results you can and look good. Sure, you can absolutely have balance, but to if take you're... To to the competitive level, you got to live it. And that's it right there. And I wasn't even a, and I wasn't a competitor at this time. I wasn't at all. But I went ahead and did exactly what he told me to do. He wasn't, like, coaching me. Right. He had just given me a base diet. Yep. Um, just a, a friend from work at that, at that point. And so I followed the diet for eight weeks. I 
lifted as hard as I could and probably harder than I should have. And by the time I was done, it was the first time you had, I had ever seen that I had abs. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy knows what he's talking about and I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was funny about it was is that not only did I lean out, but I actually put on weight. Right. And that was really cool. Yeah. I actually finally built some muscle. And that was the beginning of, that, that was like my eye-opening moment of how you, for one, you can't out-train a bad diet. And two, it, it, it just gave me a baseline of this is how I need to, to eat. You can't just take those old phrases of eat big to get big. No. You have to eat the right things. You have to eat on time. You have to not skip meals. And the importance of some people, like, when they're dieting, your every average, average, everyday average Joe says, oh, well, the best thing for me is I just need to stay with my mouth shut. Well, that's absolutely not true. Right. You need to be taking in yeah. food. Well, and if... A lot you of, need to keep that metabolism going. You can probably, from your own experience and as a coach, and I know you with training clients and athletes that I've coached, most people don't realize how much food you need to eat even when you're in a deficit in terms of volume. When you're eating the right foods, it's a ton of food. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, even now when I'm getting ready for a, sh- or getting ready for a show, I'll, I pack all my food with me and take it with me through through the day. So I'm sitting at work eating and... The guys that are around me, they're just like, aren't you supposed to be dieting? How are you eating all of that food? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're eating more than we are. Yeah. And you have to. Yeah, like when we were first getting this gym open, we ate down the street at the Frontier for breakfast every morning. And Cody's a big guy, and Jeff's never competed, but Jeff's in great shape and lean and muscular. And we would sit there, and we'd be eating these huge breakfasts, and the waitress was pretty much the same girl every morning. And she'd be like, how do you guys eat all this food and look the way you look? Yeah. And it's like, well, you got to feed the machine. Right? I get that all the time. Yeah. It's bodybuilding. It's not body leaning. <laughs> you're not, and you're not snacking on chips and cheeses and whatnot between. Right. You know, to if you want to be lean and big. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people, the average Joe, falls short. Is, is that? Well, stuff. And I blame social media a little bit. Everybody's so obsessed about having abs and looking like beach or show ready all the time. They forget that you got to build muscle. I'm a little that way, but you know, I have those. Well, small I was like I say, I was that <laughs> way when I first started. I thought yeah. that that was the right. status. Yeah. Right, but I think social media pushes it even more. But then you have to learn that hey, if you want to improve, you can't walk yeah. around that lean all the time. Right, you just can't. Right, and and if you do, or in the ballpark of it, and I and I'm this guy, you're not going to really get any size. No, you know not. what I mean. You're just not going to put it on. You're going to stay. No, nope. your competition weight. Your competition you're going to have weight. to push your comfort levels. Yeah. And you're yeah. going to have to hold them that way for a little while. Yeah. In you're going to have a hard muscle. time tying your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Putting on socks in the morning without right, losing yeah. your breath. It right, just don't right, happen. Right. I have to get up on the bed sometimes and kind of just contort yep. my body just to get my socks now, on. I always have this little caveat. Having said that, the lifestyle is a very healthy one. Competitive yeah, bodybuilding yeah. isn't necessarily healthy all the time. No, it is not. No, but it's it's a temporary cross into. Right. And I think that's what people need to understand about yeah. it is yeah we're very well aware of dieting down to that low a body fat and, and everything isn't necessarily well you he shows somebody pictures of a top level idea. pro that's not familiar with the sport and you show them an off-season photo of the person then a contest or a photo shoot photo mm-hmm. and they're like that's the same person oh my favorite is lee priest oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah that, that was that's my favorite yeah, comparison me too. Off. yeah <laughs> me too and then celtech did it in reverse and made it look like that their products Oh, of course. Right. You got to market it look that. Like he, you know, it's like, no, no, he was like this, and then he ate himself to this. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> In the off season. So funny. Yep. He's, what, 285 and 5'2"? 
or five foot three, whatever it, he is. And, and he said he ate his healthy meals, but he's like, then me and the wife would go to McDonald's and get some some good mm-hmm. food. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I was living life. A lot of his protein came from KFC and McDonald's uh-huh. double cheeseburgers. Yeah. I think. He can't do it now because of the age thing, and that's right. where we're at. Yeah. Right. Anyway, back to you. So that's what got you into it. What is your competitive history? What was your first show? All right. Well, so so like I say, I was talking, this guy got me started with my base diet and got me looking like this. And uh, it was just, his name's Corey Freeman. Okay. Oh, I know who Corey is. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I started a couple couple months, I want to say a couple months to a year later, I started actually working with Corey when I had a guy. So by this time, now I kind of knew how to eat. I was putting on size. And, of course, people at the gym, when you are working harder than they are and when you look a little bit better than they do, they want to know, what are you doing? And yep. then they have got the people that are... Uh, well, do you compete? And I'm like, no, I need I need to get bigger before I even think. I'm I don't I don't even have ambitions of competing. And I, I was getting that question an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't know anything about competing. I I'd never even been to a bodybuilding show, so I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and then I was I was at work one day, out of town, and somebody that I was working with came and they're like, hey, there's this really massive guy up up on the third floor and he's he's huge you gotta go see him and so i'm like okay i went up and there sure enough there's this carpenter up there he's just massive compared to what i was Mm -hmm. and um i went up and kind of introduced myself and started talking to him a little bit about what he did and um and he actually posed the question to me he's like well have you thought about competing you look pretty good and I'm like, no, no, I got to get bigger before he can do that. I'd never be able to match up against a guy like you. And he's like, well, they have different weight classes, yeah. which I didn't know. I had, I had no idea. Regional, state level, yeah. Right. And so he's like, no, he's like, you really should. He said, if you're really serious about about everything and you can stay disciplined enough, he's like, you should, you should absolutely yeah. give it a try. So at that time, I reached out to Corey, the guy who originally helped me, because he was doing coaching. And um, started working with him to do my first show in April of 2015. And busted my butt for it. I thought it was the worst experience ever going through that first prep. It always is. And um, somehow I pulled out winning the heavyweights and the overall to win the first, my first uh, Iowa State national title. That's a hell of a was start. That- when Ernest was that was when that was when Big Ernie B was running the Iowa and and it was it was the Iowa and the Midwest championships and yeah he always had two shows in one right and when it came to the Midwest I did I did the crossover and I did the Midwest too and I won the heavies in that but somebody else won the overall for that one and this was held in the Quad Cities is that right that one was yeah it was in the Quad Cities it was the Iowa but it was actually held over in Rock Island High School so just across the river Years ago, oh, no. I competed no. was Davenport West. I take that back. You're right. That first one was at West High School in oh, Davenport, Iowa. Because he was Iowa. at West High School until like 2014, I think, or 13. Say that when again. was the year? 2013 or 14, I think, is when he moved the show from West to Rock Island. 2015 was still at West. Oh, it still was. Okay. And then I want to say 2016, he switched over to the Rock Island. Yeah. Because, right. yep. and, the, and because 2017, I actually went back to the Iowa again. Okay, but in between there, so I, I won the Iowa in 2015, and then 
that was in like April. And then in November of that same year, we took a little trip out to, I want to say it was Omaha, where they had the, the Battle of Champions or that something sounds, like that. Yeah, I did that show. And I did that show, and I won the heavies there. Yep. That's a good show. And then, and I didn't win the overall in that show, but the guy who actually did win it, I think he took third at nationals that year. So it, I didn't hurt. It didn't hurt so bad. Right. No. Right. And so, what what is the heavyweight division then? The one you compete in? What's the weight? Uh, so range? the heavyweight division, the weight is one ninety seven and a quarter to two twenty. No, one ninety eight and a quarter. One ninety eight and a quarter to two twenty five and a quarter. Okay, yep. that's a pretty and good. Super heavy. And range, I want to say, really. I want to say that first show I weighed in at. 202 okay. or 205 205 510 511 uh 510 three quarter official <laughs> but right. six foot if right. you ask any if you ask yeah, me out on right. the street you look right. six foot to me i mean but like with I said, shoes i gotta be there so on yeah. stage everybody looks bigger on True. top of that right it's it's deceiving mm-hmm. um so then you've won the mighty muscle on the mississippi the heavyweight division twice the overall once mm-hmm. right so Let's see, I'm trying to go through. So then 2000, I, I took a year off to grow. 2017, I went back and I did the Iowa again. Hold on. I'm trying to remember back this far. <laughs> Starting to stack them up now. <laughs> yeah, well, so so I, I went and did the Mighty Muscle on the Mississippi, and I that won the, the... That was 2019. Or 19, yep, yep. I was there. I that's see, that's, that's right. I saw you the first so time. I went and I did that, and I won. That's when I met you. I won the heavies and the overall there, and then we decided that we were going to try our luck at junior nationals in 2019, and I completely bombed. I was not ready for that that level of competition. Well, when you step it up the first time it was, you go there, you Right, realize. it was my first time, and I was completely overwhelmed by everything that was going on around me, and I wasn't paying attention to myself. I, I spilled. Right. Um, the night before and couldn't get it back, and I was just completely washed out. I had no, it, I had no abs on stage. Right. I looked like crap. Yeah, it happens. And, and nerves. You're probably nervous. And I was. I was, I was so nervous. Yep. And... Um, in fact, the one thing that gets me every single time that when I think back to that show is um, they would have us come out and they had us do our individuals <clears throat> before they had us come out with the groups. And I completely forgot to do like my lap spread and it, right. it just rose up a little bit on stage. Oh, absolutely. I, I could see that. Yeah. Well, I always tell guys that compete that I know personally or that I coach, I'm like, just because you're qualified, and I'm not saying that was the case with you, you know, but. A lot of times, guys qualify and they're like, "I'm ready to do nationals now." Well, just because you qualified doesn't necessarily mean. <coughs> oh, I know. It. And, yeah. and, and even even the guys that I, in that water, right? Even the guys that I coach, they're the same way. They're like, "Well, I got I got second, so I'm qualified." And it's like, even if you were to get first in your class and qualify, I don't know that you're ready for nationals. Right. I said, <clears throat> I I won the overalls in a couple of shows, and I still wasn't ready. Right. Yeah. So you need to at least do that. Well, yeah, I think a lot of guys and I understand. qualify. Now you got to qualify what every year or is it every two years? I now? think it's every two years. Every two. It used to be every year you had to qualify. Um. So now you're thinking about stepping on stage. You say one last time, right? Yep. Yep. I did. So I've done the Iowa another two times. So now I'm three time Mr. Iowa, and was gonna do nationals, and life took a turn. For the better for right. my, my personal life. Right. Yep. 
and but it, it did scratch the Nationals plan and I pretty much had come to that point where I didn't feel like I needed to compete to satisfy that part of my life but now I kind of want to prove it to myself that I can still do it. Yeah. So well, once you've been bit by the bug and you've been on stage, that's the thing. No when you've been feeling, on stage, right? there is there is no feeling like it. You can't explain it to people what it feels like to get on stage by even when you're by yourself and all of the eyes are on you and it's just it's you presenting what you have busted your ass for for right. so long. Well, and just the visceral feeling of being in that kind of shape. It's Absolutely. a different sensation physically. It is. I mean, it's almost drug-like, right? It, it really is. It's euphoric. Yeah. So. It's what any athlete would experience. I, even, I could say the same from being in my musician days. Man. Right. There's nothing like it. You come down there off is. of it, and it's a little... You, you want it again. That's all there is to right. it. And, and, and just... And, and there's always the, the, the possibility that it won't happen, but that feeling of when you are handed the trophy for, as being number one at that show... That's a completely. That's a yeah. whole nother level to the euphoria. It's like, right. I literally was the best of the best here today. Yep. Yeah, I've never won the overall, but I've won my class, and even that. Once you've worked that, it's hard, amazing. Well, you get validated for all the effort. Absolutely, because well, yeah, you, know. you go into it thinking you put in all that time and work, and you you're you're good with yourself with what you've done. But mm -hmm. now you got to go stack up against. Now don't the get other me wrong, because I mean, everyone yeah. who shows up at that show and puts themselves out yeah. there like that, they should be so absolutely proud right. of themselves, right, for what they've accomplished. Right. It, I'm just saying that there's it, there's levels to the feeling. Oh, of, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You, you want to win, but you're not expecting it right. necessarily. Right. So when it happens, it's like. Well, know. and, you know, the process that last week as you peak for the show, too, just the physical sense, watching your body change in the mirror. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know there's been times, and Scotty has talked about this, you look in the mirror and you're like, is that really me? Yeah. It, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and that's the fun part. You take the science and you put in the dedication, the hard work, and then you watch it actually happen visually in front of your very eyes. It's well, weird. The thing that I like is, is that see. even looking at myself in the mirror, I see what I see, what I see, but then when I see the pictures afterwards from people taking them in the audience, yeah. you're like, that me? That's really me? Right. Damn, uh, I look good. Yeah. So we got your competitive history. Um, training, as far as where do you train now? I know you come down here and train a lot at Brickhouse, and we're always happy to have you. And this Love is kind of, a, kind of a shameless plug for our gym, but how much do you think environment matters when you train? Um, what your basic training split basic philosophy those three topics touch on that for the oh boy. listeners where do i start um obviously brick house is phenomenal i love it down here you guys have every piece of equipment that i could ever dream of and want um you guys have the music going it's a great environment um it's clean I I really can't hype you guys up enough, and, and we we appreciate it. And we always like the support. You said a shameless plug, but you know, it, yeah, no, it and we're proud of what we've done. We try to create something that people would go out of their way to come, and visit. I do, and, and I do. Yeah, I'm does, I'm so. over an hour away, and I'm coming down here as much as I can because it's it's worth it. Yep. So environment matters, and I think a lot of gyms have gotten away from that. They do. Everything. You know, everything's is, corporate. Everything is corporate. Franchises. And, anytime and, fitness. You walk into a place like that for one, like so. I do go to an Anytime Fitness that's in Muscatine, and I have a membership to the Y. And so the Anytime Fitness is it's becoming about as bad as the Y as far as. And I'm not knocking them, but the kids are coming in and they take up 
the machines. They take they up the squat rack, and yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't have. Well, the that even happens here. Well, and they got groups of like six or seven of them at it, and they're they're sitting on one piece of equipment. Yep. And I go and I'm wanting to get in there, and it'd be fine if they were you know doing the work, yeah. but they're sitting there on their phones or they're right. <clears throat> taking pictures of themselves, which right. whatever you got to do something for the gram, but right. Right. Yeah, you got to self promote. But guess. it's like keep it moving, guys. Yeah. yeah. No, do the 100%. do the pictures at the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I see a lot of people the, the and, spend and when more you get time in, taking selfies and, than they do training. And when you're going to like the Y, they have uh, now rules are they're important, but they've got certain rules about like what you can have to drink and right. on the weight floor, and it's right. like. And if you're serious about the process, I mean, during lockdown, we were lifting in Jeff's basement. We had very minimal equipment and bands and mm-hmm. dumbbells up. But I didn't necessarily improve, but I didn't lose anything. If you're, if you're motivated, you can figure out a way to stimulate. You'll always response. find a way. Right. I mean, when, I was, when COVID was going on and they had all the gyms shut down, uh, I, was, I had an old dryer in my basement. And I had like a – my driveway went down into the garage under the house. So I had the two retaining walls on each, on each side. And I would set that dryer up on one of the retaining walls so that it was up high enough. And then I would go into the driveway and flip it over onto my back. And I'd sit there in the driveway and do squats. Right. Yeah. Or I'd walk down the sidewalk with it on my back. Right. And if I needed more weight, my son was young enough. and I st- Nobody report me, please, to child services. But right. he would get in the dryer and add a little bit more weight for me. And then he'd pop out at the end yeah. when I was done. That's some Seth Ferrosi stuff there. I've been watching some Whatever of his it home takes. training well, videos. Cody. <laughs> and there's more of that obsessive, yeah, that obsessive attitude of yeah. I have goals. I, I'm not letting anything stand in my way. Cody Sabosky, one of the owners here at Brickhouse, he's a farmer, and he posted a, he, or he sent me a video. I, don't know, I think he posted it to his Facebook page. He took old railroad ties and put some handles on it, and he was out in his feedlot. And that's Rocky Four in Russia stuff, right? right? Whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're motivated, well, once you get bit by the bug, you're going to find a way to train. Oh yeah. I started out doing uh, bicep curls as a teenager with my dad's homemade jack stands for his cars because he was a mechanic. There you go. They were about twenty pounds and they felt huge to me. Yeah, I got but, one of yeah. those plastic, yeah. plaster, cement-filled weight sets from yeah. Sears catalog yeah. when I was oh, yeah. twelve. I remember DPs those or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you drop them once yeah. and they shatter, That's then gone. sand yep. starts pouring out on the floor and. So we're down to a little less than four minutes, guys. And okay. uh, what do you want to cover to, to send us out here? Well, we're uh, still kind of in the middle. Training philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Split. yeah just touch on that kind of what your splits so are. So I've tried everything, and they all work. They all have yeah. their place. Um, right now, I'm doing kind of what you call that bro split, where you have the leg day yeah. and the chest day, chest and shoulders. I have an ar- a dedicated arm day because to me, that's one of my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess everybody thinks that that's their weakness. They all want bigger arms. I use arms for a resting work day. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I do. Cause, because on my chest and shoulder day, I'll throw in two heavy tricep exercises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the arm day is more of like a pump, kind of like Meadows used to do right. those, those pump Feeder days. sets like Rich Piana talked about. Yep. And then, um, but I've done the push-pull legs. I used to do, what I would do, I wouldn't do push, push-pull legs. I would do pull, push legs arms and then start over again that's kind of what i did for a while i like that and and i really got really good results from that um i've done i i I do a lot of guys that do the uh the three week split where it's like a lower range lower heavy no it's it's lower volume higher weight and then they'll do like a mid-range right and then a, a high volume week and then yeah i call that a deload week because kind of like uh like Neil Hill uses. Yeah, yeah. And then 
every once in a while I like to throw in like uh, the 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 fascia stretch training, like Hanny Rambot has yep. his guys do. Yep. yep. Uh, if you can, if you can find a way to mix all of it together and, and make it work for you, yeah. Yep. So you're pretty instinctive. Yes. Yeah, and I think most bodybuilders, once they learn the ropes, uh, you got to train instinctively. You got to listen to your body. Everybody, everybody reacts. Their bodies react mm-hmm. different. And for me, it, I mean, when I'm in prep, it's different than when I'm right. Prep. Well, and wh- what's your experience level? What's your age? And we talked about that on another podcast, and we'll touch on that more yeah. in the future. Exactly. But and with my age, recognize. I have to modify it. Yeah, all the time. Well, just wait, buddy. <laughs> wait till keep you get going 50. that way. <laughs> but that's okay. That's part of the deal. But uh, that, to me, you're in uh, you're in advanced stage if you're oh. able to do the instinctive training, and yeah. I, I like that. You know, if personally. you stepped on stage and had any degree of success at all, in my mind, you're an advanced bodybuilder. Oh, yeah, no matter sure. who you are, because you put in the time. Absolutely, and you learn your body. Well, we were going to touch on nutrition, but we're running out of time. Um, we're definitely going to have Dan on again. Yeah, we probably when he's prepping this, uh, for his show, so we can kind yeah. of follow his prep, and that'll be probably a more appropriate time to talk about nutrition when he's right in the heart of yeah. his contest prep. Sure. He says one last run, but we'll see. Yeah, because yeah, you know how that bug is, man. I I don't know. I oh, said that's that a nice thing about too, bodybuilding. You can always find a show to do. There's when, masters classes. Yeah. When you get that itch, it's hard to say no. Well, it's, it's good a, to have a goal. Keeps you on track. Always. Right. Yep. All right, well, I'm going to sign off for us since we're running short on time here. This was great chat, Dan. Thanks, thanks for guys. being with us. Thank yep. you. We'll talk again, Dan. Thanks. All right. See yep. you guys. Talk later.